eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, David Davenport, and as ever, well, it's, it's the birthday boy. We've got James in the room. Many happy returns for the day, James. Yeah, I'm in my 30s now. It's ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a Halloween birthday, birthday double duo for you. So uh, hopefully there won't be too many scary takes this, this, uh, this weekend. <laughs> That's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> So it's the, well, I say it's the Friday night, it is actually Saturday morning that we are recording. Uh, we're a little bit late due to various different things. I know, James, you had things going on last night with the, the restrictions moving, and then I'm late on this morning because we've just done a Halloween Zoom quiz with some family over in Australia. So they were all sat there eating crisps and sipping wine and all that kind of stuff, and you're just looking at there at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning thinking, how can you be doing that? But obviously... <laughs> Obviously, it's uh, it's quite a few hours ahead, so they were all in full Halloween mode. But um, yeah, I was struggling to uh, to to open my eyes on this on this fine Saturday morning. But here we are now to take you through the top matchups from a fantasy perspective for this weekend. And yeah, some certainly great talking points this weekend. Uh, James, which which game have you got earmarked to be to be discussing first from a fantasy point of view? So yeah, first game I want to talk about because I say spread the love a bit. Some teams I haven't talked about for a while, but this game I've been looking at all week is the Vikings at Packers game because there's a few little narratives going along in there. I mean, let's start with the Packers, and the sort of obvious big news is Aaron Jones is still missing. Um, he's still not going to be available for this game, so Jamal Williams should have another reasonable game as backup. The question mark really here is AJ Dillon. Will he? be more involved than he was last week and is that are they going to sort of vulture each other's um fancy points essentially um my opinion is that they will still stick with Williams getting the majority of the run but I think both are playable at a pinch but I wouldn't expect miracles from either of them and I mean would you agree with that let's let's stick with the running backs first Jamal Williams, I'm limiting more just because of the usage that he got last week. He he was a serviceable fantasy option. Um, with AJ Dillon, of course, being the, the rookie, I do want to see production from him before I feel comfortable putting him into my to my fantasy lineup. So I'm leaning more towards Jamal Williams of the two. But like I say, I'm not overly enthused about either of those matchups, even though I, I can just see the Packers absolutely running away with this one. I, I could see it being yeah. quite ugly, to be honest. So um... I, I think, because moving over to the wide receivers, um, the Vikings are 30th out of 32 against the pass, as in they are the, th- well, the third best matchup you can possibly have as a wide receiver. And Devontae Adams is completely healthy, hasn't even got a questionable mark, which I'm hoping this isn't a Halloween jinx I've just put on him. But... Uh, when you've got the Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams combo, yeah, I can see this game getting rather ugly rather quickly, which I say is apt for Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I think that that combo is going to be a scary combo. I also think if you're playing DFS, it's probably going to be the heaviest used stack in sort of big games and 
any games, to be honest. It's almost predictable, but it's a smash spot. The interesting little subplot is Alan Lazard. Remember him? So Alan Lazard is has had a practice, full practice all week, actually. So um, Green Bay do this thing where they tend to bring people you know, into practice when they're eligible to practice coming off IR when they've got the designation, but they don't like bringing them, you know, into the games, the first game that they're eligible. However, with how Marquez Valdez Scantling has just not been getting it done and it's been, you know, Rogers to Adams or nothing, it wouldn't surprise me if they activate Lazard ready for the game. Um, the thing is, with the way that the Packers tend to do things, I wouldn't risk putting him in your lineup unless you are absolutely stuck. And I think it is another it's another reason why Adams, for me, is a complete smash hit in, you know, if you're playing DFS, basically. But, um, yeah, it means Marcos Vada-Scantling completely can go onto the YFY now. If you were mulling it over before, I wouldn't even worry about it now. It's only a, He's only a deep league stash now. He's had his chance, and I think he's blown it. If I'm honest, and we wouldn't have thought that after week one. No, it was that the whole debate raged early in the season as to whether MVS or Lazard was going to be that wide receiver too. And we really, really thought that as soon as Lazard went out, well, very unexpectedly went out after his um, core injury, that MVS would would take off. But it just seems, particularly last week, that Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two there in Green Bay at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of other receptions in the tight end position, Robert Tonyan, obviously, as we almost expected, the three touchdown uh, performance was something of an anomaly. And Aaron Rodgers going back to tight ends, you know, back to not particularly using them. However, bear in mind, the Vikings are the worst team against the tight ends, as in they give up the most points of any team to tight ends. So... Um, at least they're in the bottom three. It depends what um, scoring system you're using. That's worth bearing in mind. Um, but uh, if Lazard doesn't play, Tonyan becomes a, a reasonable option just because of how bad the Vikings are and how he probably will become the second you know, best receiver, even with Aaron Jones out. It makes it even better spot. Uh, but they have been spreading it around a little bit. Sternberg has been getting involved and is Mercedes Lewis available as well? So it's one of those where it's almost tight end by committee, but you'd, I'd feel okay trusting Tonyan if you need it, uh, especially since he got dropped to the waiver wire in many leagues when people realised it was a one-trick pony. So uh, we shall see. But for the Vikings, they're effectively in a position where they need to outscore the Packers, which is never a good position to be in. Um, Dalvin Cook has been question, had that questionable tag put on him. Everyone seemed to think, you know, it's all fine. He's going to run this week. And then Thursday came along and the queue came along for questionable. And we were like, oh gosh, here we go again. Is it going to be another Matheson? Do I, don't I? Can I trust him? Can't I trust him? Well, we got the answer. You can't. But um, full practice on Friday means Dalvin Cook should be a go. And the Packers are absolutely terrible against the run. So, if you have Darwin Cook, then yeah, if so long as he gets through everything and is expected to play, then it's set and don't worry about it. That should be fine. I don't think he's going to score enough points to completely outweigh um, Devontae Adams, but 
Uh, he's their only hope in many respects. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, wide receiver-wise, is going to be a bit of an interest because uh, Jair Alexander, I've seen a lot of articles about him this week, has been shutting down um, opposing sort of wide receiver one or two. He's been very much shutting down one option, but the Vikings haven't been doing a great job shutting down all the other receiving options. So if he shadows Thielen then Jefferson might have a decent game. If he shadows Jefferson, Thielen will have a good game. And all things sort of suggest he might get put on Jefferson. So expect Adam Thielen to have a pretty decent game. Beyond that, I struggle to trust Kirk Cousins, albeit in this situation where they probably are going to need points, he's going to have to step up. But I wouldn't be surprised if he throws an interception in this game. And I think it's been a while before we've considered Vikings as a tight end option. So, yeah, Rudolph and Irv Smith can stay comfortably, you know, on waivers until they show signs of life, really. But um, this isn't a game to play the DST. That's for certain. Yeah. Any more to add? Well, the, yeah, you just mentioned the DSTs there, and the Vikings have had that knack of just. Uh, I think the game against the the Falcons was the most prevalent one of just horrible, horrible garbage time points, which great from a fantasy perspective because uh, both Thielen and Jefferson benefited from that one, but it does not help your your Green Bay DST play when Minnesota are just going out there and just getting completely unnecessary points at the end of the game just to try and get the score back. Because like I say, I am confident that it is going to be a Green Bay blowout in this one. So uh, Minnesota will be just throwing the ball towards the end of the game. Uh, they'll be feeding both wide receivers. It's like I say, it remains to be seen which which wide receiver that, that Jerry Alexander is going to be on. But I think there will still be enough targets to both of them towards the end of the game that we will still be able to see some fantasy production out of both. Uh, but yeah, no need the DST. But yeah, you've hit the nail on the head with the, the rest of the plays there. So we look at mine and I have got a theme for the day and that is going to be running back revenge games. And we are going to start with Melvin Gordon III in Denver, who is at home against his former team, the Los Angeles Chargers. So how much did uh, did Melvin Gordon pay the uh, the linebacker last week to to take Philip Lindsay out to uh, so he could get the most of the carries this this week it's um I think he'd have done it in practice himself if he um if he hadn't of course I joke Melvin Gordon would not have done that to Philip Lindsay but yeah Philip Lindsay is real questionable he's still battling with his concussion he was listed as questionable on the final injury report of the week so that is one to be taken care of and the concussion is one of those that the Broncos have to take extra precaution with this. Like there is so much implications that, that can be had with, with rushing him back too soon. So it is super important that he only comes back when he's ready. He's got to go through like a third party neurologist to ensure that he's ready. So it's not just one that they can rush him back into the lineup just to, just to help Melvin Gordon out. So Melvin Gordon, if Philip Lindsay doesn't go, will get a lot of touches in this one. And believe me, he will be fired up for it. So I think he is a must-start in every single league and format that you've got him in, especially if if Philip Lindsay doesn't go. Even if Philip Lindsay does go, I don't think he'll get anywhere near a full workload. And I think Melvin Gordon will be saying to his coaches, you put me in, you I I will I will tell you what I'm gonna do in this one. So yeah, Melvin Gordon is my absolute start of the week in this game. From the rest of the Broncos' perspective, 
Uh, Chargers, it's a lovely matchup for the quarterback. They are conceding the third most fantasy points to the quarterback position at the moment. But interestingly, it is not too great for the wide receivers. So seemingly, all of the points are going to the tight ends there against the Los Angeles Chargers. So Tim Patrick is questionable for this one. He is battling injury as well. So he's been listed as questionable in the final injury report. Uh, Jerry Judy hasn't quite come to fruition as that number one wide receiver in the offense that we envisioned him to. He is certainly missing uh, having Cortland Sutton opposite him. So I am not too optimistic about starting him again this week either. But uh, Noah Fant is the guy for me this week for the Denver Broncos. I know that we saw Albert O, as we as we like to call him on this podcast, he was the main beneficiary of the targets and stuff like that. But Noah Fant is just returning from injury, uh, well, last week. So I think he'll be fully fit, ready to go this week. And he's going to have a big game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And my kind of second uh, nice choice this week is Brandon McManus. And I do seem to have a bit of a thing about selecting kickers to be, uh, <laughs> to be, I know most leagues don't play with them anymore, but I still love my kickers. And the Los Angeles Chargers are conceding the sixth most points to the kicker position. We're in Denver so that the air is nice and thin. Brandon McManus will have no issues hitting those big 50-yarders. This offense isn't particularly great. So I think that's the that's key thing with kickers. You've got your high-flying offense that are going to score 30 to 40 points a game, and everyone thinks, right, I want the kicker for that. But if it's just six PATs, the kicker gets six points. However, with an offense like Denver's, where it's not too good, they, uh, they'll manage to, to move the ball a little bit, but struggle closer to the, to the end zone that they get. And that means that Brandon McManus is more likely. I mean, we, we saw the game against the Patriots a few weeks ago where Brandon McManus scored all of the points. I can see that kind of game playing out here where Melvin Gordon just gets fed the ball and then they just kick a 40-yard field goal every single drive, which would be great for both. So, yeah, Brandon McManus in the, the nice thin air up there in Colorado against a team that is conceding quite a lot of fantasy points to kickers. Brandon McManus is my second favourite start of this one. He is going to... Oh, 20 points is a very big shout. 15. We'll go 15 as a... Uh, as a <laughs> Yeah, let's let's not throw 20 points around. Even though quite a lot of kicks, we had Tyler Bass last week, we had Brandon McManus early in the season, Young Kwe Koo. It's becoming a more and more regular thing seeing kickers score 20 fantasy points. But um, yeah, let's not let's not bank on it this week. So no. on the other side of the ball, we have got Justin Herbert. The rookie looks incredible. Uh, James, question. Offensive rookie of the year, uh, Burrow or Herbert at this point in the season? Oh, um. Do you know what? I, I have to say Burrow, even though they've both had very much almost similar times. It's just that Herbert's joined in later on. Um, it's purely by number of games played, so he's going to have racked the stats up a bit more. But come the end of the season, I can see the flip to Herbert being a thing. It's one of those where I don't think Offensive Rookie of the Year has been won yet. It's very much wide open. Jonathan Taylor can have a massive run towards the end of the season. We'll come on to that in a little bit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, there is, yeah, it's, I think this is maybe one of the wide open ones. I mean, Justin Jefferson's got to be in there as well. Yeah. And um, just talked about him. So um, it's it's actually one of the more wide open races, I think, for Offensive Rookie of the Year in general. So um, long may that continue. Yeah, definitely. And this this rookie wide receiver class, it, it's just been fantastic full stop. So there are so many great options and we, we know that the league is weighted towards the quarterbacks and they will always try and favor the quarterback. So I, I do at this point at the halfway, there are so many great contenders, but I do think it will be Burrow or Herbert, but then Tua could come in and Tua could, uh, 
Well, yeah, we haven't seen yeah. Tua yet, but he's about. Well, we we have the two or three plays, but we're about to. Yeah, so Tua could come. At, he's he's got a, a long uphill climb to be uh, to be in the offensive rookie of the year conversation, but um, anything could happen. It's twenty twenty after all. But yeah, I, I'm slightly leaning towards Herbert, and that is because, like you say. From the, the smaller sample size that we've seen him, albeit it's only a game and a half, two games that that it is that it is a smaller sample size, but I think he will project higher for the rest of the season with his with his stats and just pinch it off Burrow. So, like you say, Burrow today if it ends today, but uh, I think Herbert is on a, on a trajectory by the end of the year, yeah. to, to, to have got it by the end of the year. But he is also a, a start in this one. So again, the nice thin air does help the quarterbacks because they get a little bit more uh, time on that ball. Uh, Mike Williams could be in for a better day because of that. He had a, he had a quiet one last week. So the, the Broncos, it's a very middling amount of fantasy points that they are giving up to the, the wide receiver position. Keenan Allen, there's, there's no conversation. You are you're starting that guy. He is a lock for six, seven receptions a game and the production that he can get on that as well. I don't think we're going to get a touchdown again. He, he's, he's never been that kind of player in his career that, that is a monster for getting touchdowns, but he'll get the, the odd one throughout the season. So I'd, I'd lock him in for probably seven receptions, 80 yards as a, as a minimum. That's, that's kind of the, the minimum that we can work from. At the running back position, it is a no all round. We are still not got a clear cut between Jackson and Kelly. And I don't think we're going to until Austin Eckler comes back. I don't think we're going to see a, a clear Russian leader in that backfield. We we did speak about this earlier in the week, James. Um, the amount yeah. of different players that carried the ball for the for the Chargers last weekend. It is a minefield, and we are going against the 31st best running defense for fantasy options. So I'm, I'm not even considering either of those two. They're just out of my lineup. And in this running back day and age, there are going to be leagues where you have to start them because they're, one of them is the only healthy or not on by running back that you have got available to, to choose from. But um, where possible, you get, you're going to be putting in players like Jermichael Hasty um, over, over those guys just because of the upside that they bring as opposed to Kelly and Jackson until we can see a clear cut. So I've already said that you start in Keenan Allen. Mike Williams... I think in the in the thin air, he could have a better game than what we've seen with him lately. Uh, Herbert has got the ability to go to, to Mike Williams. He did have that game a couple of weeks ago where he went off for all those yards and a couple of touchdowns as well. So there was a conversation that, oh no, Herbert won't ever throw to Williams. He's, he's dead for the season. No, I, I don't believe in that. He, he is certainly a viable fantasy option for the, for the rest of the season moving forwards. So yeah, move him into your lineups. Hunter Henry... <laughs> It is, it's not, again, a great matchup for him, uh, but Virgil Green last week did suffer the injury on his touchdown reception. So at least Hunter Henry should be getting more of the, the receptions and the snaps. So, I, and again, running back, uh, sorry, tight end is exactly the same kind of situation that we've got at running back. 2020 has decimated the position. So we are having to start onto Henry in this one through through necessity because we've, we've got very few other options. But... One of my favourite plays this week is the Chargers DST because Denver are giving up a lot of points to the to the position. So yeah, get that Chargers DST in there because, like I said before, I think we will have a KG run. Well, we I just I don't start the running backs, but uh, Denver are going to run the ball a lot, get those field goals in. Herbert's going to try and do what he does, but I think it is going to be still quite a low scoring affair there in the mountains. James, anything to add to the? AFC West matchup between the Chargers and the Broncos. Nope, I think I agree with that. And well, I suppose while we're talking DST briefly, 
Um, one other little um, nugget from me, I, I think the Saints, I think I mentioned them in the hype train station, as Saints against the Bears might be the number one defence on the week. Yeah, they've got some decent pieces on that on that Saints defence and the, the Bears. And Alan with, Robinson yeah, is going yeah, yeah, he's, he's listed as doubtful heading into this one, which isn't a great sign. He's, he's not going to play. It's the same issue as Philip Lindsay with a concussion. So... If he's doubtful at this stage, then I can't see that he's going to make any any significant improvements before tomorrow evening to, to be able to, to get into that lineup. So, yeah, fire up the Saints, D. James, who have you got as your second fantasy spotlight for the week? So if anyone picked up on the spoiler alert potentially from earlier on, you'll know that I'm going to be talking about the Colts, and this week they're against the Lions. And I suppose I'll start with the spoiler alert that I mentioned before on Jonathan Taylor. Um, this is a good matchup for him. And people have been sort of saying through the season that, you know, he's, he's been in a great spot to be able to, you know, smash it and dominate and become a star. And he just hasn't done it. But he's been, shall we say, serviceable and, you know, better than average across all the games so far. And th- But this might be one of those games where you suddenly go, ah, that's why I remember valuing him so highly coming out of the draft. And why when Marlon Mack went down, he became, suddenly became possibly the best you know, rookie option out there. Obviously, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire owners will think that, but now Le'Veon Bell's in there. I wonder if a few might be tilting. But so, so far in the season, he's always had, um, ignoring the Jacksonville game at the beginning, where, uh, frankly, goodness knows what happened in that game when you look at how the Jags are now. But he's had at least 12 attempts in the catch per game. He's been going you know, roughly 60 yards a game, apart from the massive one against Minnesota, where we all thought it was going brilliant. But, you know, they've not been the greatest of matchups, but they have been winning. So this is, say, the plus matchup for him. And I think this is one of those where you do really want to be plugging him into your lineups and saying, yeah, this is this is the time. This is where it breaks out. Um, also kind of helps in that the wide receiver cause, well, the wide receiver corps are fine. It's that um, Philip Rivers is not exactly fantastic for fantasy and doesn't exact, that doesn't rub off very well on the receivers. It's kind of well documented that uh, Eugene or mm. T.Y. Hilton is uh, not having the greatest of seasons, but you know they've had their bye week now, so there's every possibility that they've had a little bit of time to try and sort that out. Um it sounds a little bit from rumours that Michael Pittman could come off IR and be available either this week or next, um, which, again, the risk of having an extra wide receiver put in there kind of lowers my expectations on Hilton, Pascal and everyone. Um, the one person I would have felt comfortable playing here would have been Trey Burton because Marley Cox is still questionable. He's probably the only questionable uh, fancy player on that team in terms of health. I mean role as well, I suppose, but um, he, he smashed at the beginning, but Trey Burton, when he came back from injury, looked like he was the guy that was brought in to be a pass catcher more than anything. So he looks like the tight end to own there, but Detroit, the one thing they can do is defend against tight ends. They're in the top five in the league, so it looks, this is the many of the, well, one of the many reasons why I think Jonathan Taylor is the smash spot in this game. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Oh, yeah, and before I forget, we've talked about kickers. Rodrigo Blankenship's back. Mm-hmm. Pick him up. The goggles, just 
it, whatever they are, they help with his accuracy. And he seems to have a habit of those 20 point games. If you, you know, are in leagues where the scoring is based on distance because they seem to go for long field goals quite often and he keeps hitting them. So um, here, here's a good one. Now the Lions somehow have managed to find their way at three and three and in trading, was, was it a trading book, picking up Everson Griffin makes it look like they're thinking about having a genuine shot at making the playoffs. They believe in themselves, which, I mean, kudos to them. They're not going to get many believers, but... I think they see the Bears as descending rapidly and they're trying to be the team that capitalises. I don't think they've got a chance of catching the Packers, but uh, you never know. But um, their biggest issue, I suppose, is just uh, in many ways depth in that they have too much that you don't feel like you can trust their number ones. DeAndre Swift seems to have found his way into being the one and Adrian Peterson seems to be starting to take a back seat now. The, the sort of transition is happening, which, you know, for people who drafted Swift in rookie drafts in Dynasty, is fantastic. Uh, the problem is this week you're against the Colts, who are a top five defense against the run. And you're probably relying on um, Swift's pass catching work to, you know, supplement that slight issue you're going to have. Um, it still means Swift's playable and. In most leagues, I would suspect that if you have Swift, you're going to be pretty much forced into playing and just with, you know, bye weeks and injuries and how poor the running back position is in general for fantasy at the moment. Uh, Adrian Peterson is now the borderline, do I put him on the waivers guy? And right now, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say his time as the one is pretty much expiring. He's very much your... I have too many people on by. I need somebody, and uh, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Kerry on Johnson has never been a factor and could really do with the trade. Um, wide receiver front, Kenny G should be as smooth as always. It, he's probably their best option. The connection between him and Stafford is probably the best option to you know drag them into this game. Um, I fancy in the Colts quite majorly, but it could be quite a low scorer when you look at it in general because it's a good defense well on one side of the ball and a terrible offense as well so tj hawkinson is going to be the you know difficult one because the colts are very very good against tight ends so i don't really fancy hawkinson's chances but again if you have him you probably have to play him because your next best option is probably on the way for wyatt or on by so uh, I would ignore that. The Lions DST has been one I've been toying with, you know, putting in where I, you know, my team's on a bye week or, you know, as a DST cheap flyer option. So, yeah, the the Colts offense hasn't been fantastic. And if it wasn't for the Jonathan Taylor effect, I'd be, I'd have backed the Lions a bit more in the hype train article. But I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on there. Is the line, are the Lions DST? a legit option. And it all comes down to which Philip Rivers is going to show up. Philip Rivers could easily come into this game and throw three picks. Statistically, one of those three picks is likely going to go for a touchdown. And at that point, you're very quickly racking up fantasy points in, in that situation. So it all comes down to which Philip Rivers turns up to this game. Because he, he, he could turn up and he could carve up this this Lions DST and he, he, he could have a game but like a pumpkin carve them up <laughs> the, the Halloween references in there I was wondering how it long took it, us, it took us this long yeah 
So yeah, Philip Rivers just as it does his uh, pumpkins could be carving up this this Lions defense. So it it all depends which Philip Rivers turns up, and he is the person that I want to bet on least in this league because there's just no telling with the guy. The guy sometimes looks like he's he's ageless and he's playing as he, as he has done many times throughout his career, but then other times it's a horror show. And we were we were screaming for him to be benched a couple of weeks ago, but then he's come back to prove all of that was wrong. So. Yeah, that's that's a very sitting on the fence answer. I do apologize, yeah. but um, yeah, all depends on Philip Rivers. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, an, another good fantasy matchup. But there are some very interesting pieces in there, and I think the particularly the, the most interesting one is that Swift to, to Peterson transition. And Peterson, I was just having a quick look actually at his uh, the transition to his team since he left the the Vikings in 2016. I, I completely forgot that it was at the Cardinals. Yeah, that was a, uh, a completely forgot one there. Obviously, he played the, the few games for the Saints. Uh, he came over to, to London to play with the Saints, actually, at the start of 2017, before very quickly realising that Kamara was a lot, lot better than him before uh, before moving <laughs> on. And then, obviously, with the, the Washington football team for the last couple of years as well. So, Adrian Peterson, he's following a very similar late career path as, as Frank Gore, just finding these random teams, rushing for around the 500-yard mark just to keep on plucking away at the all-time leading Russia uh, stats, which, talking to Frank Gore, leads me very nicely into hey. my second game, which is the... nearly forgot then. He plays for the New York Jets. He is the New York Jets. <laughs> it's easy and... to forget the Jets at the moment. <laughs> I mean, Jets fans wish they could forget the Jets. Yeah, very easy. So we have got the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, my narrative of the day is revenge games for running backs. And of course, it is time for Le'Veon Bell to face the Jets, who all but ruined his career. And this this one, I am very torn between the two because the Kansas City Chiefs could well bench everybody at halftime in this one. This is going to be a bloodbath. (laughs) I don't even look at what the spread is for this one because I don't know numbers that high. It is going to be nasty. And this, I suppose I'll pick this game more as a warning to anybody else. Firstly, don't play anyone on the Jets. That is my piece of advice to you. I'm not playing Starnold. Even though Gore is listed as questionable with a hand injury for this one, I'm still not uh, playing Pirine. Uh, Jameson Crowder is the only person that I would have considered. But he is doubtful. Would have. <laughs> yeah, would have considered. But he is doubtful with a groin injury. So I'm not playing him either. There is not a single New York Jet that I am wanting to play in this one. And just as we saw against the, the Denver Broncos last week, it was a blowout. And the the, the seconds, the, the bench players came into the game uh, quite early on. And people like Patrick Mahomes didn't actually have that big a game, uh, as what the scoreline suggested, because of the fact that the uh, the second guys came in uh, quite early on. And I wouldn't be surprised if at half-time, Mahomes, Hill, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Kelsey got benched because this one is going to be that much of a bloodbath. There are a couple of nuggets in there, though. So Le'Veon Bell, he is going to be whispering in Andy Reid's ear, just as Marvin Gordon is, and saying, please, 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 every single snap that he gets, he's going to be putting that extra 10% effort in. He is going to be really wanting to give it to, to Adam Gates tomorrow. So I think he is going to have a monster game. The, the split, I think, to begin with, will be a very similar split to what we saw last week. It was it was 
a little bit in the favour of Clyde Edwards-Alaire last week, but it was um, around the 50-50 mark. But Le'Veon Bell, I think it will, for the first half, will still be that 50-50 split. And then in the second half, we will see uh, Le'Veon Bell get more and more carries. I think Hardman could be an interesting play here because I think he is that kind of player that is on the fringe of being one of those guys that would get benched. So we, we could see a big second half from him if, if Hill gets benched and then the, he, he he's left out there to kind of show what he can do almost just to just to be out there as, as the wide receiver one de facto in the in the second half of this one. So I think he could have a big, nice game because he perhaps wouldn't be one of the ones that does get benched. So you are starting everybody in the offense. Like I, I don't think you can possibly have a conversation where you would bench Mahomes or you would bench Travis Kelsey. So because they've got to get up to the points to allow them to bench them first. Yeah, so exactly. They're going to have to smash it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And we, we could still see six or seven touch six or seven touchdowns in the first half. That's a ridiculous claim, David. But um, <laughs> we will see a but lot. What is, Sorry, go with on. the, with the chief, do you, what do you reckon for the Chiefs in terms of points? Are you under over forty? Oh, over. They got they got forty six last week. Was it against the Broncos? Fifty. Because the the over under for the game is forty nine on the spread. On the spread, the, the over under is forty nine for the game. And that includes the Jets points, however few they get. Which I already feel like if Le'Veon Bell is going to get a lot of work, I want to smash the over. Um, yeah, you, you were saying you were almost scared to look at what the um, the line That's is. Yeah. It's plus minus twenty. So I'm, I'm smashing 20 it. Twenty or Chiefs minus twenty. I am smashing I fancy Jets minus twenty. 20. <laughs> like that seems kind to the Jets. <laughs> I don't. I mean, they put up a stand against the Bills last week. So, and I think there is an element of that in it. Yeah, but the Chiefs, I, I can't see them not winning the Super Bowl again. Like I think that they will. Go, oh yeah, they will go all the way. Like I, I just, I just can't see a situation where they don't. And we, we've yeah. said it previously. I, 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 the more I think about it, the more we are going to see a Bell versus Brown Super Bowl. <laughs> which... I, do you know what? I kind of agree with you there. Like the way that the Tom Brady's now cooking with with his new weapons and that kind of stuff, I that defense in Tampa Bay is elite. So defense has been championships, etc. I think with I think that's going to be the Super Bowl, and it's in Raymond James Stadium, the Super Bowl, and the it's why the it's why the Bucks have gone for the run for it. Yeah, but the Bucks are going to be the latest list of teams that don't win the Super Bowl in their home city. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, because the Chiefs, I just can't see anyone but the Chiefs going through all the way through this year because Andy Reid is just a genius and Patrick Mahomes is just incredible. Uh, but yeah, minus 20, I am smashing that. Is Pringle going to pop against the Jets? Very Because once he pops, he's not going to stop. I think he's going to have a nice crisp game and he's going to uh, he's going to look really good. He's not going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths oh dear it's uh it's not even halloween puns it's biting <laughs> pringle puns deary deary me but yeah smash the minus 20 well but we'll leave that for the for the betting boys later on today but yeah smash the minus 20 smash the over because i do think the chiefs will put up a 50 burger in this one and um Start everyone on the chief side of the ball, but temper your expectations because I do think they will get benched, if not at half time, certainly before we start the fourth quarter. 
So that is both of our games for, for this week. So we will just have a quick run through of some of the top injury concerns heading into the weekend ahead of my article later on today. So the Ravens, Mark Ingram is doubtful again. Uh, that means we are going with J.K. Dobbins, expecting him to have a nice game there. Yeah, we've already mentioned Alan Robinson, who is doubtful for this one. Are we going to be picking up players like Anthony Miller or... Mooney, Donnell Mooney, are we going to be playing them in their place against the Saints? Because I know that Lattimore will be will be covering whoever, so I'm, I'm not too fussed, keen about picking them up. The Saints are good against the run. They, they, their weakness has been against the pass, but it's, the thing is, it's do you trust Nick Foles? And the answer to that question is also no. Hmm. So... Um, if I'm being completely honest, the one player in that offense that I feel okay playing is Jimmy Graham. And that is it. Revenge would, game. Jimmy get Graham revenge game. Jimmy G revenge game. It's it's I mean, for the Halloween weekend, the amount of revenge plots going on, it really does resemble a horror movie. I mean, to be honest, the Chiefs scoreline against the Jets could also be a horror movie, to be honest. But um yeah, it's I mean, it's 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 almost a thank. Well, it's a terrible thing that the um, that Houston are on bio this week because no Texas Chainsaw Massacre puns. <laughs> so in Cincinnati, we have got John Ross, who is listed as doubtful with an illness, and I think that illness is just him being sick of being a Cincinnati Bengal. Still, he has <laughs> made it. He has made it quite clear again that he is uh, desperate for a trade before the deadline. And... It's one of the best ones this week. <laughs> He is, um, yeah, he's 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 wanting to get that move. So uh, not that he was fantasy relevant. I just wanted to get that point in there. Uh, but he could be fantasy relevant depending on where he goes because I think at this point the Bengals will move on from him. Um, he's the wide receiver five in that offense, and when you're the wide receiver five on the Cincinnati Bengals, even with Joe Burrow thrown to you, it is not a good place to be. But in the same game, Joe Mixon is out. So fire up Gio Bernard again. It wasn't the most prolific rushing game for Gio Bernard last week, but he saw more of a passing game work than, we, than we'd seen out of Mixon. So, yeah, especially in PPR leagues, Gio Bernard is a go, go, go. Cleveland Browns, Austin Hooper is out again with his appendix. He won't play against the Raiders. Now, we, we did speak about this earlier in the week, James. We've got David and Joku there, but we've also got Harrison Bryan. It's got to be a Harrison Bryant start again, hasn't it? Potentially. Um, the, the Cleveland offense is going to be a bit of an odd one. I think this is one of those games where Kareem Hunt should be absolutely on fire. Um, I, this could be a running back off with him and Jacobs. But, um, yeah, the, the, passing, the passing work has to go somewhere. And, you know, with OBJ out, I think Rashad Higgins has a decent game, but um, yeah, it's Harrison Bryant of all the tight ends, but I'm not exactly saying to start with confidence. Um, if he d- if he does come out two weeks in a row, then you're suddenly going to have to consider, and those early adopters will feel good about it. But you know, we've had these weeks. You know, I'm, I almost worry he's a bit of a Tonyan, and that's not a blasphemous thing or a euphemism. <laughs> Then we look at the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton is questionable with his concussion still. Danucci, oh, that is a... There, there are some leagues where Andy Dalton, especially in Superflex, is, is fantasy relevant. So uh, it could be a case of uh, picking up Danucci and starting him in your lineups. 
And then we look at the New England Patriots, and yeah, this this is quite scary, a Halloween a Halloween themes one. So we've got Stephen Gilmore, who is is questionable heading into this one, and I know that he is on the defensive side of the ball, but that means that players like Stefan Diggs, who would have normally been shadowed by Gilmore, has got the opportunity to eat even more than he would do normally. And at the wide receiver position, Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman have been ruled as out. So that Patriots game, as if it wasn't run-reliant enough already, is yeah. going to be completely reliant on the run this week. I think Cam Newton's going to pass the ball less than 20 times. He's got to yeah. because he's got nobody to throw the ball to. So go down and get John Ross, New England. <laughs> with Ste- say with Stefan Gilmore, he's um, he's been listed on the injury report and his house has been listed on the market. So uh, read into that what you will, people. But a struggling Patriots team and your star cornerback mysteriously questionable and with a house up for sale. Um, yeah, I would I would expect something to be coming back. In what would have been a revenge game for him against the Bills. But yes, um, yeah, it is. There's trade rumours, like you say, when, when that kind of thing happens, there's going to be a team going out there and getting him there on a, on a Super Bowl run. It'll be a Chief. Uh, the Chiefs just, they, they don't have a salary cap. They'll, they'll find a way to get there. Just <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs and the Bucks just haven't just haven't bothered with it, or they, yeah. they're just you know they, they, they've entered the cheat code on Madden and just you know ignore salary cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, be a Chief for the next couple of weeks somehow. Speaking of people with trade rooms, have we talked about Michael Thomas yet? I know I was just about to to bring up Michael Thomas, who is ruled out with a hamstring. So all signs were pointing towards him being ready to go again this weekend, but no, just click and he's he's out again so his ankle sprain it's not the avengers <laughs> his ankle I think sprain... Thanos has got it in for michael thomas this season <laughs> well somebody has because um his ankle sprain has turned into a hamstring injury and reading between the lines a little bit here with the the trade rumors that, that are circulating round Will Michael Thomas be a chief before before the, end of the, before <laughs> no. the trade deadline? <laughs> no, I mean it would it would not actually surprise me. Uh, it would surprise me if he got traded, but it would not surprise me if Michael Thomas doesn't play another game this season, either through the Saints. I'm not going to say giving up, but through the Saints, you know, disciplining him and also not believing that they're a Super Bowl contender potentially, but um, just through the succession of injuries, it you know. Avengers pun coming, it could be end game. Oh dear. But yeah, it's it is a weird one. And it could just be now a waiting game until we see Jamie's under centre next year throwing the ball to him, which can can Jamie's throw the ball on a on a slant route? Has he ever thrown the ball less than less than 40 yards? Uh, it, it, the question really is: can Michael Thomas run far enough to finish where the ball ends up? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that is a match made in heaven between those two, to be fair. But um, we will wait and see because I certainly don't want to see. Why they're considering the trade? Yeah, exactly. Uh, New York Giants. We've got Sterling Shepard, who is questionable. Uh, Water is also wet. Uh, Devontae <laughs> Freeman is also questionable as well. So uh, Wayne Gorman will be in line to, to take the bulk of the workload as he did last week as well. But again, the Giants have pretty much written them off for the season. But we've got a place kicker. On the injury report, Graham Gano is questionable after tweaking his right leg in the final kickoff. Like another reason why kickoffs in football should not exist if uh, kickers are out there getting injured on them. Just 
Ridiculous. It wasn't quite a Randy Bullock week one, but... Um, <laughs> wheeling away in pain after he knew he'd missed it, but then uh, miraculously being ready to go the next was week. Was ready for the next game. Yeah. In that game, while while, while we're on the... Um, this, the Giants are playing the Bucks. potential fantasy implication injury here, and Rob Gronkowski is questionable and was limited through Friday um, with a shoulder injury, which you know you don't necessarily want. But with Chris Godwin already out, they're going to be keen for him to play. And Scotty Miller questionable with hip or groin. They don't seem to want to be able to decide which at the moment. Um, then this suddenly means Mike Evans, after being, you know, pretty much he's been bashed a bit in the fantasy um, circles of late. You know, effectively, if he gets a touchdown, it's about all he does in a game. And then he's had a couple of, pretty poor results and I mentioned trade him away um it may have been a bit premature for this week because he seems to be the major option they 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 almost wish they could have had Antonio Brown a week early um you know they sort of yeah the EA access free trial version <laughs> but which to be fair for Antonio Brown is probably pretty decent but um nah keep an eye on Gronk because if he plays you do probably want to be starting him right now indeed Philadelphia Eagles Alshon Jeffrey is. Drum roll, please. Still injured. Still injured. <laughs> he is still out. Um, again, uh, I don't. I don't know when we're going to see him. But Jalen Ragor, is he back? Welcome this week? to the league. Yes, exactly. Jalen Ragor, the the first round pick for the the Philadelphia Eagles, is back and looks set to add to the to the list of what uh, rookie wide receivers this year that are set to go off so that'll be an interesting one to watch but Miles Sanders has also been ruled out of this fixture again so Boston Scott is a start in your leagues uh, San Francisco 49ers where did we start their injury woes just keep on mounting Raheem Mostert is now on IR Jeff Wilson Jr. has already been ruled out Tevin Coleman is set to come back from IR ahead of this one but I am still rolling with Jermichael Hasty. Let's go, Jermichael Hasty. Jack McKinnon, not sure what was up with him last week, but he was not getting fed the ball. Uh, it's too early for Tevin Coleman, so I expect a big game from Jermichael Hasty because that is the best possible name for everyone back on the planet. All, all signs point towards um, Coleman playing at the moment, just as a note. The, the, all the latest reports are they are going to play him this week, with even with Hasty. So... Um, but obviously, the other news that I've heard is that McKinnon is sort of he's he said he has weary legs. I think was the quote. So mm. something along those lines. He, he's nursing some tired legs, which I'm I'm not I'm not sure about you, but I think th- it, there's been a few occasions this season where you know either you know, head coaches or general managers or players themselves have been sort of playing the bluff game where people are saying that, oh, he's going to be fine, he's going to be featured in the offense, and then the player does absolutely nothing. And then you're sort of saying, oh, he's questionable, would game time decision, and then goes off. You know, it happens every year, but something makes me wonder whether, you know, boy cries wolf situation, maybe this is the game where Jet McKinnon's going to get featured and is maybe going to have the big game and the uh, Niners have tried to sort of throw the Seahawks off the scent. I mean, let's be honest, if you're going to do it in any game, do it against a rival. Um, especially a rival that gives up so many yards to pat to the pass that won't be expecting the run, they'll be expecting it to be the Ayuk show. But um, you know, I keep I keep waiting for you know some kind of flea flicker involving Ayuk, so it can be the Ayuk Chuck. 
as a bit oh, of a Yorkshireman. But um, <laughs> I, I want I want to create that play if I'm ever in San Francisco. But um, yeah, I'm 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 30. I'm pretty much over the hill now. <laughs> But yeah, it, while we're staying in the same game, obviously Debo Samuel is out. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is is a must start. And on the Seattle Seahawks side of the ball, who is going to be the running back? Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, both questionable going into this one. Chris Carson with his foot injury. Pete Carroll has said that Carlos Hyde's hamstring injury may be preventing him from playing in Sunday's game against the 49ers. And yeah, Chris Carson is... is questionable as well uh, obviously he left the game early last week so James what is your take on this backfield who if any is it is it going to be a DJ Dallas game DJ Dallas will probably be the starter um I think Homer he had a chance but his knee means he's a game time decision so doll um Carson <laughs> I don't think they will risk because he's down as doubtful Hyde is down as doubtful so it's DJ Das against the number one defense against the rush. I think Russell Wilson will probably get the most rushing yards of any player on that team this week. <laughs> and I think it won't be many. It's, it's going to be air it out and hope, uh, basically. And this, it's going to be, it, it, I mean, that's one match I'm looking forward to watching because. All things considered, the Niners are doing fantastically well considering their injury pile-up on both sides of the ball to be doing what they're doing. But you still always have that doubt in your mind whether Jimmy Garoppolo can get it done, especially without Debo there as well. But it, Seattle's you know, defense against the pass is so bad that you feel like this is Garoppolo's time to prove his worth. So... You know, I, I, I'm very much, you know, on the 49ers side of things and I want to be playing Ayuk where I can. But there is that little doubt in my mind. Um, it, but also, in many ways, I'm hoping it's a little bit of a shootout because it could be some fun. Yeah, I think I think it has got the, the hallmarks of being one of those classic 49ers Seahawks games that we've seen so many times over the last few years. Thursday night football, we saw the Atlanta Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers in a tropical rainstorm. It was horrendous weather conditions. We only saw 53 passes attempts total in this one, which seems to be about the average that the Burrow is, is throwing himself at the moment. Yeah, it wasn't prolif a prolific game through the air, even though Julio Jones in the first quarter had a monster first quarter. He had 85, 85 uh, receiving yards just 10 minutes in. So that was a, a talking point there, but the weather just continues to get worse and worse and worse. Calvin Ridley uh, left the game with a foot sprain that we, we're, we're being told now. So he left the game early because of that one. Hayden Hurst popped up out nowhere with five receptions for 54 yards to have a, a nice PPR day. And DJ Moore saved fantasy owners. He was on zero points until inside the two-minute warning at the end of the game. And he had two big plays on the end of that drive just to, to save his fantasy day, really. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he had a nice fantasy day, James. Well, he got the touchdown and had four receptions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, he had the rushing one and had he had three carries for 23 yards. So, you know, all purpose, he was above over 50 yards. Um, one, yeah, one on the ground, one in the air. It's It was kind of an odd one, but they were using him in gadget ways. Obviously, that's not going to happen when Christian McCaffrey comes back. But, um, yeah, that was that was all, that was was kind of interesting. Um, Robbie Anderson had a serviceable game. The five catches means PPR leagues. He was okay, but not fantastic. Only the 48 yards. 
Um, DJ Moore ended up having the most receiving yards of any player, yeah. considering he had nil, say, going into the two-minute warning. Um, it's a team that looks like they could. They are now ready to say, McCaffrey, we need you. If we're going to have a genuine have a go at this, it's like he they, they're missing that kind of player. And, uh, oh, look, one's coming straight back off IR, possibly next week. So um, that's going to be a bit interesting. Yeah, that's uh, the difficulty with this one for Carolina because the passing game got taken away from them because of the weather. weather. They, yeah. had, they had nothing to fall back on. And, and don't get me wrong, Mike Davis's 13 carries for 66 yards wasn't disastrous, but it, it's yeah. not going to be something that wins the game. So, yeah, let's get McCaffrey back as soon as possible. Yeah. But the Atlanta backfields... Biggest talking point of this game, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Talk early. His third straight week with two point something yards per carry, just 18 carries for 46 yards is not good. Brian Hill comes in, he gets 11 carries for 55 yards, five yards per carry. And let's bear in mind that Carolina are just hemorrhaging points to the fantasy winning back position. Todd Gurley's day was saved with, with a rushing touchdown. But again, we saw zero targets for Todd Gurley in this game. I think we're, we're on borrowed time now for me. Um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure. I think Todd Gurley could limp to the end of the season with, with the Atlanta Falcons because they're not contenders this year. They are going to just, just get to the end of the season. But I think we are on borrowed time. And I don't think he'll be the guy there next year. I think if Atlanta are considering a fire sale, he will be in the window. Who's um, taken him? Who's taken him at this point? Exactly. <laughs> that was always the problem because it, it took a while for him to really be taken. It was only when they released Freeman that they sort of said, ah, let's pick up Gurley. He's going to be better. And the answer is probably that he wasn't. But um, yeah, I think right now you do have to question whether, you know, any team, he's not going to get the kind of deal he's been on, shall we say, and that he feels he wants. It's, very much he's going to just become a rotational running back. You, you know, he's going to be part of a 1A, 1B tandem, which I suppose the league's getting more of him, but he's just going to have to accept less money. And um, I don't know many teams where even that's wanted at the moment because rookie running backs seem to be doing such a good job of that at the moment that, you know, why would you pay the extra? So, um, I mean, I'm not overly clued upon, you know, the 2021 draft class with how many good running backs there are going to be. But similarly, there's a lot of teams where they're running back, you know, running back rooms and their depth charts are still, you know, being ironed out at the moment. And yeah, there's no place that strikes me as an obvious landing spot on a team where he's going to be particularly required. So um, it wouldn't be a surprise if he ends up in, you know, somewhere, something of a graveyard. I mean, Halloween episode, why not? (laughs) Um, Yeah. The Jets, for example, there's a graveyard. Poor, poor Todd Gurley. I, I feel. I don't wish that ill on anybody. No, and just the, the fantasy player that he was a couple of years ago. It's such a shame to see him the way he is. But as long as he is still getting eighteen carries a game, there is fantasy relevance there because he did the touchdowns always on. He he still can occasionally catch a ball, and he's still he's he's still a starting running back in the NFL, which means that he in this landscape of running backs is a person you have to start unless you've picked up some gems along the way. But he, he's probably one of your trade-away candidates, even although his value right now is 
pretty low. You've got to sucker someone who is still living off the uh, the early Rams days with him. Yeah, well, I, I'm just trying to very quickly think back to the week that I tipped him in my trade article for trade away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every single week seemingly so far. Um, even though I was high on him in preseason, uh, he very quickly became. But no, he's not actually been featured as my trade away candidate. Well, I've missed that, haven't I? Great. <laughs> Nice job, David. Nice job. So, James, let's close out the show. Anything you want to add? Yeah, well, since we're on a Halloween episode and since it's my birthday, I might as well take control of something. Um, so I had a little bit of an idea as um, since it's Halloween, which players, player or players are you would you be scared to be facing? And which players would are you scared to be having to put in your lineup? So we'll start. I mean, start with players that you'd be scared to be facing. So the player that I am scared to face this week is Derek Henry, and I think he will be coming back this week with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because there were a couple of, of moments last week that he just relies on beating up uh, not very good teams, and when he faced the Steelers last week, that's because he's finally come across a, a decent rushing defense that he he wasn't the Derek Henry that we expected. So I think this week he will be playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He will get fed the ball, and the Titans will just cruise their way to a victory over the Bengals with Derek Henry absolutely going ham. And the player that I am scared to start sticking on the running back theme is just any running back in the, the Steelers and Ravens game this week because both are such incredible run defences that it is going to be a very traditional, old-school, defensive kind of game. Defensive lines there are going to play a massive key in that one. So there are there are some nice, nice pass-catch options there because both teams are going to have to pass. But yeah, I am scared to start any running back in that one. That's James Conner, J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, Mark Ingram, we, we know he's doubtful, but yeah, either of those two, I am scared. James, I will uh, throw the question right back at you. Yeah, well, thank, thankfully I was prepared, but um, yeah, the, one of the players that I am would be scared to be against right now would be Carson Wentz, purely because he is against Dallas, and that is looking like an implosion happening before our eyes. And, you know, they, they would be better sometimes with a team of zombies to potentially be uh, defending the passes. But with Miles Sanders still out, I think um, he's going to have an opportunity to put it through the air. He's got a new toy in Jalen Rager. He's got Travis Fulgham still there. Rich Rogers will still be reasonably relevant. And I just think Wentz might go off a bit this week. And, you know, it, it's a horror show in Dallas which leads me on to the player that I'm almost scared to play right now, and it's actually Zeke. I am kind of scared at the moment because, you know, he, he's now in a position where without Dak there and without, you know, to the best respect, Andy Dalton wasn't necessarily going to, you know, help the situation. But with even him not there now, you're down to a seventh-round rookie in Ben Danucci playing quarterback. Zeke's kind of all got all the expectation of having the team on his back and he's not really, well, literally picking the ball up and running with it, shall we say. Because <laughs> um, he's, he's dropped it again. <laughs> he's, yeah, his he's, 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 he's standards have dropped as well as the ball somewhat. And I don't know if he's coping well with the pressure. And it's to a point where, yeah, I'm... I'm I, You've got it's like you feel like you have to start him, but I'm almost scared in many respects to know that it could be 
a low scorer. I mean, let's be honest, any wide receiver in Dallas right now, it'd be a scared to start, Amari Cooper included. Um, and almost any player in the in the uh, Pittsburgh Baltimore game mentioned. Just you know, we've not we're not given that much airtime this week, just because. Well, you don't know whether either offense is going to you know who's going to particularly come out of it best, just because the defenses are so good. You probably want both DSTs because both offenses have been enough to supplement their you know incredible defensive play. So yeah, just any any offensive player in that game is scary as well. So there's a lot of very interesting matchups. So yeah, it's um, this could be one of those weeks where you look at your fantasy team when it reaches the witching hour, which I really hope Red Zone do something very Halloween oh, the, yeah, for yeah. with the witching hour. But um, look, some of my fantasy team lineups I'm plugging in this week, I am going to be watching from behind the sofa. Yeah, we just, we just go back to that Cowboys Eagles game. I'm so I was going to say I'm so surprised that hasn't been flexed yet, but I suppose it is a title race. <laughs> it, 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 in many ways, it is. It's just oh, it's, the, the two you, and I'm five, the two it. and it's... five Cowboys and the two four and one Eagles are competing for the first place in the division. They don't brand that with some kind of horror show or, you know, put in loads of idents on that basis and missed opportunity. Yeah, welcome to 2020, folks. So that concludes today's show. Let's get out of here. James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, look for me at NFL Hype Train. Toot, toot. Toot, toot indeed. I have been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Head over to our Twitter at F10Y Fantasy because over the weekend we will be having your starts, sits, your DFS content, your injury reports, everything that you need to win your fantasy matchups this weekend. So wherever you'll be watching, whatever you'll be doing, have a great one. Enjoy and we'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.